Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to the Gentleman Stojo. Oh, yeah, we're nailing man. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw he gave the Arsenio fist pump. Ooh, did yep. you see that he's in the dog pound? Got it going. I, I think Keen is still excited about that story you told us before <laughs> you jumped on. Oh my God, an well, eight-minute story that went nowhere. No you should worries. write that down. No worries, I will share that with you. So I was in. Oh. <laughs> By the way, once again, our thank you to Mr. Vince Vaughn for joining us on episode number one hundred. People loved it. Yeah. Great guest, super fun, low key, promoting his brand new movie. And this begins a new phase of the dojo, episode yeah. number 101. That's right. Great rap party we had. Holy and, shit. Uh, I cannot believe all the party. attendees. Yeah, that was fun. Pretty crazy. We had My Mechanic. 100 episodes. He was on episode 72. We had uh, Your mom. Gene Kelly's wife. The she Arby's, had to be in early. Cause... The Arby's mascot. <laughs> <laughs> we just kept saying we got the meats over and over and over again. Such a good time. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. We are entering phase number two of the dojo, and I will tell you, let's hope that Patrick can stay with us for at least a chunk of those. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he missed some of the 100. You were not here for Gene Kelly's wife. No, I didn't. I, that I, that's crazy. What she's, uh, well, he must have married much younger. Younger than yeah, yeah, later yeah. years. That was a great episode. I think we had four listeners. Um, how are you, Steve? Welcome back. You were in North Carolina over the weekend. We're obviously... Irma affected your numbers as well. <laughs> just shut up. Irma will be affecting your numbers throughout the course of this year, yeah. um, which is great. So that's good. Where were you? Uh, working at corporates and colleges and yeah. you know all that other stuff. Corporate. This is my favorite part when Steve has to get the guest yeah, on the line. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Just, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, we're going to patch our guy through Steve here. has to get our guest on the line. Uh, great guest. Love this guy. Call you there. Hi. How's it going, guys? Whoa. Yeah. Well, we got to give you a proper introduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Gary, why don't you tee it okay, up and I'll, okay, maybe I'll cool, bring it home. Cool, cool. Well, I first met okay, this guy great. a couple of years ago when we were shooting oh, your third special in yep. New York. He came out and did a guest set, and I think you were hoping he'd bring people. That was the goal of him doing a guest set. <laughs> Gary, just shut Go. Uh, is this Michael or is this Colin? Who do we got here? <laughs> Go! Oh, from God. Saturday Night Live, Weekend Update, head writer for Saturday Night Live as well. Please welcome the very talented Colin Jost. Oh! Here he is. Here he is. Guys. Colin, right, thank you thank so you. much for joining us. Have you? When's the last time you were in a dojo? Just curious. <laughs> uh, last time in a dojo, I mean, I spent most of my formative years in one. Sure. Uh, I didn't know it, but uh, I, I just thought those were like my dad's. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you know, Gary Cannon's here. Great comic. Patrick Keene is joining us. A thank comic. you so much. <laughs> which one's, yeah, which, which one's a comedian. The, which one's the great comic? <laughs> um, <laughs> How's I got it going it. there. Congrats, congrats, by the way, on the hundred. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for being part of 101. This will be 101 on the dojo. And Colin, and what, what episodes in the past have you enjoyed? Obviously, you have some downtime. <laughs> love, love, loved 63. Six, although, <laughs> I thought 87, I thought 87 yep. was particularly good. A lot of good I, memories. You know, I'm always going to be a sucker for four. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was early and we were trying to get our legging, you know, you yeah, really but enjoyed that I feel like that that's one. where it sort of clicked and you sort of found the format. And yeah, four is a classic, obviously. Well, we that, appreciate that goes it. Without well, speaking of when it clicked, you obviously are on update um with with Che when did you guys felt that you clicked um in terms of chemistry was it out of the gates or was well, we it we haven't met we haven't met in person yet wow I, that's I shocking like I'm, that's I'm all green screen yeah i'm worried we uh i don't know i think well, i feel like the first year or two are always so hard cuz you're 
you're finding your feet individually too. Like mm-hmm. you're getting used to being on camera and you, you know, we're used to stand up, but suddenly, you know, you're behind a desk. So it's a different vibe and it's like, you know, it feels more tense or you're worried about messing up and then you start, you know, individually getting better. And then that's at least, you know, ser- you know, serviceable. <laughs> you like our presentational on can't, you're, you're not like a mess. Yeah. And then you kind of, kind of get used to doing things together. And, you know, it was nice for us because we were friends beforehand outside of it so it wasn't like a huge leap or you know our process we're both stand-up so our process is actually not that far off we just have to you know it took time to get used to you know used to doing that on camera versus behind the scenes and you didn't mind that he was black gary (laughs) yeah exactly i never it's weird because on camera he looks black on camera but if you've met him oh he's completely white Oh, okay. But I thought completely it was white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Crazy. A lot of makeup. Um, you are the... known for your energetic, animated, some say wacky style on stage. How difficult? <laughs> how, how difficult? Who's this question for? <laughs> how difficult? I, I, honestly, though, how stifling is it, or how how tough is the transition to literally just go from just like a, like a free spirit on stage, and, and then literally to just sit behind a desk and rely on obviously you're relying on the strength of the jokes obviously but but to not be able to animate in the slightest i guess with the jokes well it's you know you you it's kind of a cool thing when you get you know it's a cool thing to be able to just tell a joke and it's like such an old school but satisfying thing like if it's a good joke and you can pull it off it's great. Colin's talking but to it, Gary. It, it, You're talking to Gary right now, obviously, right? Tell <laughs> <laughs> people what a joke off. is. <laughs> yeah. No, but, you know, it, it, like, the, I don't know. It feels more old school sometimes in a good way on update. But it's, but uh, you know, it's weird. It's weird. And, you know, suddenly when you're on stage, like, you have legs. and <laughs> You can do, you know, you can move and do things. And then that's why stand-up is still liberating in another way, you know? Mm-hmm. Can you, Colin, can, this is Patrick. Uh, I don't think we've met. Hi. Um, hi. Good to meet you. Uh, <laughs> can you great sneak voice. that shit out? Thank you. Oh, did you hear that? He said great what a, voice. What a, what a smooth, uh, soulful voice. Thank Should you. we leave them some candles and get the hell out of here? Jeez, <laughs> Keen. Nice trip. Is, is there a way, uh, and you've probably been asked this a thousand times, can you take us through like an SNL audition? I mean, are those brutal? Because like, I've auditioned a couple times for Last Comic Standing, and <laughs> and, and there's like very similar. Well, well yeah, but the, the, I don't know. They might be similar in the audition process. It's like seven people in an empty club setting, oh. and it is so awkward because, like in stand up, people say, "Oh, it must be brutal when it's a small crowd." I find the most brutal thing is a full crowd that doesn't laugh, and when well, there's yes. people in the room not laughing. And I've heard SNL auditions are kind of brutal like that. Well, they're kind of crazy because you're. I didn't. I didn't go through a traditional like the regular audition because I started as a writer and then I we had these auditions for specifically for Update, which were not you know those were more unusual in the setup. But when you're normally auditioning, like you're say you're coming like from Chicago, right? You're like at Second City or Improv Olympic, right? You're doing shows there and you'll do the routine that you're about to do at SNL and it'll destroy because you're like you're at your home club. There's people there. <laughs> they're excited. And then you suddenly are doing the same exact routine for like Lorne and some a couple producers, a couple writers, like maybe 10 people in an empty studio place you've never been before. The only time you've seen it is on TV. So it's probably scary because it's a place you want to be. Suddenly you're there and the same routine gets like almost no laughs. And that's like a good audition gets like five laughs, you know, a yeah, couple wow. laughs or something. Like, and so you must just be devastated. It, it takes, it's almost like, 
you have to go through that process because it's like going through a battle where you have to you know you have to survive that and you can't you if when your first bit doesn't work it gets almost nothing and it's used to killing you have to adapt in your mind and be like oh shit how do i keep going and not lose full faith in everything i'm doing so it's it's sort of like it, it's useful it's a useful test for people to go through that to see if they're because then at snl you're going to go through the same thing you're suddenly going to be on live tv for like you know six ten million people it's that's you know you want a people that can deal with adversity in that moment on that stage I gotta tell you, Steve, you would absolutely kill in one of those auditions. I mean, you're used to playing to empty rooms, dying, no laughs. This Thank is you, your Gary. wheelhouse. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Colin, how would Sausage Party <laughs> go with somebody like Gary, Lauren? Gary, will you shut? Could, would Lauren be Romeo Horsecock? <laughs> Lauren shut up for Romeo Horsecock. If you got Lauren, if you got Lauren up on stage to do Sausage Party at the end of your audition, it'd be pretty great. Y'all like sausage? Okay. <laughs> Gary, please, Colin, a, a, a real question. Sorry, the headliner from Flapper's YooHoo Room uh, interrupted and found his way in here. Send but, me a uh, tape. Send you a tape. Okay. <laughs> Who was the first person that kind of maybe took you under the wing or made you feel comfortable <laughs> your first year? And then I got to ask you, what was the sketch that you may have did where that first season as a writer, you thought, okay, maybe I belong here. I, I, I can do this. Uh, well, the first person who took me under their wing as a stand-up was Steve Byrne. No, no, I meant on the show. No, you were not No, 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 no. No, I meant on the show on SNL, like your first season. I was just putting it a separate Son of a bitch. For Steve's comedy camp that he's running. Camp Snoopy. Like Seth, Seth Myers was really helpful for me when I started as a writer. And Eric Kenward, who's a friend of mine, is you know now we're, we're good friends and stuff, but we he helped me a lot early on um, as writers. And then the cast was really gr- like I started with Sandberg and you know Kristen Wiig and Sudeikis and Bill Hader. So wow. like a lot of those guys, we wrote together early on when they were starting out, and we were both like very we were all like sort of nervous and mm-hmm. we were all like scared about keeping our jobs. And so. That was that was they were very nice to me, and, and so it was like Polar and Maya and people that had been there, who like write, wrote with me even though I was a new writer and maybe I was an idiot, you know. And um, but it was that was a satisfying thing. You start with those people, and then they become, you know, really big stars, and you kind of it was fun to be there and see that like rise of all those people. And then it was really sad. <laughs> it was sad when they left because it felt like all your friends are leaving. Um, so anyway, I, it's just really sad now. <laughs> well, what was what was the first sketch that you maybe that that you wrote that you that that got some laughs and you thought, okay, here we go. I think we're uh, my, we're onto something here. My first, the first episode of my first, like my very first episode that I was a writer was uh, it was Steve Carell was the host and Kanye West was the musical guest, and I wrote the sketch um, that Seth and 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 Eric and uh, and Bill Hader uh, helped me with, like we wrote together, and. Uh, it was the fir- it got on and it was the first sketch like after the monologue like the very first sketch and it went you know went well and got on the air and that was kind of like a miracle and i didn't even know how much of a miracle it was till later i was like oh you know like that was like felt like shooting the moon or something getting a sketch on the first week and then i was like oh man maybe i'm maybe i'm going to be okay at this and then the second second week just nothing third week wow. nothing and you're just like, oh no, maybe that's the only one I'll ever get on. <laughs> Jeez. And then, uh, and then, I, then I eventually started getting a couple more on, 
And if you're a first year writer, like if you get a few sketches on in you know, a whole year, that's good. Like that you're, it's because it's hard because you're going up against all these veterans. Like Tina Fey is was still writing and still producing great sketches. So you're you're competing against her, and there's not, or or Seth or whoever you know you're competing against all these great people, and so you don't. It's hard to sneak one in. You have to kind of right. get lucky. We we had read here that uh, that Norm Macdonald was an uh, influence of yours uh, and an inspiration. Have you been able to ever work? By with the way, him Colin, or? we collectively didn't sit around Patrick's computer to read that. I think you read that on your own. <laughs> yeah, I might have done that on my own. But I, 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 I like we the went collective. on Wikipedia today. And it yes. says your middle Colin, name is Kelly. Colin, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I got to be honest. Colin is right. Patrick does have a radio voice, kind of that smooth jazz. Right. Yeah. Wow, I think this he's. Is... I think he's banging that radio host Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who she is. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Her voice. Okay. What, what's your question? Ken? <laughs> Sorry. Is scary. Like Sorry, Ur- Patrick. Like an Ursula, Ursula Ariel relationship. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. I Go am, ahead. I'm blushing at the compliment. Finish reading that one. paragraph. Uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just wondering, had you had you had you had you met Norm ever, or or been able to collaborate with him uh, at all through the comedy world? Um, I've never I've never like worked with him. I've hung out with him a few times. Like went out to dinner with him a couple times, uh, like in a group. And he it's he's the best. Like he's he's really he was very nice to me and Shay when we started. And he was you know kind of our like a sweet spot for both me and Shay and always the guy. He was just our when we were I probably was like high school or whatever. Like our favorite um, weekend update anchor because that was our sort of that was our heyday as viewers. And he was, um, and he, and still, like when I see his comment, like I just watched his last special, I thought it was great, and he's just got the that pure voice that so few people have, and uh, I don't know, he, I love him. He's yeah. like, he's got a, you know, I'm sure was he your guy's like update person too, or who, who yeah, he would have been. A... I remember watching Miller and Norm. Um, those were like in my wheelhouse because I I can't. I, Marshall I... Warfield, I liked her. <laughs> Remember her? <laughs> Colin, I have a, uh, just a Jesus spontaneous God. question for you. Christ. I have a spontaneous question. Colin sure. Kelly Jost um, is an American actor, comedian, <laughs> and screenwriter. <laughs> this is all at the top of my head. He is known for You're his work. You're improvising now. <laughs> That's just random. And random question. Yeah, okay. That was, that was great. It was a great statement. Sure, uh, there you go. That already, that already sounds so fake. Is an American actor. <laughs> This is like written by ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, I want to ask you when, like, you know, about obviously. My ties to ISIS? <laughs> <laughs> they are deep. Given the current, obviously, political climate, and obviously you guys on update, like when Colbert crosses, quote unquote, to some people, crosses the line with the Putin joke about Trump perhaps blowing him, using his lips, whatever. <laughs> like, every time, like, like the yard markers stretch down just a bit further. Do you guys even worry in the writer's room or on update when, you know, is something gone too far or do you just do you follow that lead and keep going and, and adding to the rhetoric of, you know, everybody? It seems in late night is is definitely on the left and hammering this guy. But uh, the jokes are just, I guess, so easy. But do you do you is that a concern of you guys where it's like maybe it's too far or? It's not a concern of whether it's too far or not. I feel like it's always a concern of whether something's fair or whether you're getting too like. I, I, it's that, not about that joke particularly, but like whether you're getting, whether we're getting too like um, blinded by. It's hard when you live in New York, 
you sort of like, well, am I only getting, is everything being filtered through more of a liberal viewpoint? And I think you have to correct for that. And I think it's easy, like Chang and I, it's easier because we tour a lot. So we're around, we go all across the country. And Mm -hmm. so even leading up to the election, like when Trump got nominated, I said on air, like, I think Trump is going to (laughs) win. And I think because, because when you toured around, you heard how many people like viscerally hated Hillary for no reason, but they did. Right. And, like people just strangers would be like, I hate her. And you're like, what? I, why would you even tell that to me? Yeah. <laughs> I was always like, are you Monica Lewinsky's dad? I didn't know where, who these people were. Well, they follow, you on, they follow you on Twitter at Irish ISIS. Right? <laughs> Irish ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> we're just the, we're the fun ISIS. <laughs> you, love, you, love, you want to do ISIS, but you also want to have a couple beers. Irish ISIS. Uh, but you, you want it to be fair. It's, it's a hard thing. Like we do, like if we do 10 jokes about, trump and then do one joke about hillary people in the audience are like oh whoa you can't do that and you're like well why can't we we like being able to hit both sides and when it's when it feels fair and it feels right. appropriate and and i think both people have to be able to la- like have thick skin like i think they both when you get into politics it's like getting into show business if people are going to make fun of you you got to kind of accept that because that's the risk of this you know mm-hmm. and and I think that's uh, you have to have a thick skin about it or be able to laugh about yourself. And how were they as as guests on the show? I mean, you guys had both Trump and Hillary on the show. How were they? They were, you know, they were interesting. Like they're they're it was it was like they're both people that I like I would be happy to have a conversation with because they're, you know, they're like they've had crazy lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're two of the people that have had the craziest lives in the history of America. And it's kind of it's just it's. It, I think it's always interesting to meet people. And it's like, you guys know, like you meet people around the country, like some people are insane and some people, they're still pretty interesting. <laughs> well, You're like, yeah, keep talking. I want to But I more. mean, wasn't there this idea that I, I, from what I read, Trump came in really no entourage, just came in by himself. And then Hillary came in with just so many people. There was like this difference between the two. Well, I, you know, I think part of it's too, like Hillary is, it was already, you know, had been first lady and had been senator. And so she had all these built in security. Like that's the must be the craziest thing for Trump is he went from being a guy everyone knew, but no one was going to like no one was going to really bother. Like he could walk around New York alone and people would be like, hey, what's up, Donnie? But he would, wasn't like at, like at risk. And suddenly, like he must be like, oh, God, what did I do? I lost my whole life. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like you think about how much worse his life is now that he's president like he used to do anything he wanted no one cared and now everyone's looking to like find one thing that'll bring him down like it's such a worse life for him yeah he's living in a way worse house (laughs) (laughs) down never sees his wife smaller town (laughs) insane who do you think has a better personality melania or steve who would you go see at a comedy show Did you see you what she was wearing? Who's naturally funnier? <laughs> okay. All right. Is, uh, I, who is, can sell tickets? Is, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it, will SNL ever change that time slot, or is that is that set, you think? Well, yeah, we'll just change it. We might as well change <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's 1140. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday's at 7. <laughs> Do you think the 11 o'clock news will ever switch? Yeah, and it's, gonna, it's weird, but it's going to be on Nick Jr. <laughs> <laughs> The standards are cha- we definitely can't say penis anymore. <laughs> We'd be on an FBI watch list. Yeah. I want to um, ask you this, Joe, because yeah. you know I appreciate what you had said because on stage I 
I, you know, I, I stress up top that I, I, I do have an independent viewpoint when I'm, you know, doing these jokes. And I think given the political climate, you know, I, I think it's been beneficial. But I've always appreciated that about you and Che and the writers at Update, that you do take that kind of independent where you'll, you'll jab Hillary and you'll jab um, Trump just as much. Do you feel that there is... That because so many late night talk shows, you go Marr to Daily Show to Colbert, everybody seems to be aligned with the left. Does that, does the, maybe sometimes like the acidic tone, does that, does, do these shows play into the fact that the left and the right in this country are not communicating well? And I think that, you know, as a comic, I, I see that I think that, that this, the world of comedy is not doing their part to maybe bridge the gap in terms of going so hard uh, on the left and attacking Trump. Well, well, what is your f- viewpoint on that? It's hard right now because Trump is, says insane things like almost every day. Yeah. So it's not and he's very entertaining. <laughs> to watch. So. He's just not people pay attention to him so much more than they would have if like Hillary were president or they did Obama. Like it wasn't they weren't like Obama wasn't as energy. Like if you saw Obama give a rally for an hour, it's not like 20 million people would be tuning in and be like, oh, my God, someone might die at this rally. You know, <laughs> it's if it, there's something about there's you know, he clearly knows he's a he's an entertainer more than he is anything else. And right. so it's it's. He, he people are talking about it so everywhere you go people talk about trump in a way they wouldn't have talked about hillary if she were president i would argue that's maybe a good thing <laughs> but <laughs> but you know and so that's that's why it's hard and i think right now i think it is very you know it's clearly very divided now and i think there's a lot of people who are very hurt by the election and feel like betrayed by america and they they want to hear they don't care about fairness really they just want to hear like that I'm going to be okay or that that kind of thing. And that this, so that's part of it. And I, but I do think over time America has these two parties because most of Americans want to sort of stay in the middle and kind of want the country to basically be what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have, you know, you go swings back and forth. Like it just goes, it goes that way. You know, you had president Obama for eight years and that's the only way you get to president Trump. You right. know, you get, you know, there's no way it's, it's so clearly a reaction um, there's such opposites, but that's what America likes. They like going with one direction for a little while, then tacking back the other way. And it's all, I think, generally to stay like a general middle ground towards whatever we think America should be. You know, and it's I think that's the way it goes. Well, you know, I'm sure we could ask you about the political landscape a thousand times. I'm sure you get it all the time. But I do want to ask you about Staten Island Summer, which is on Netflix. You wrote this. It's a phenomenal movie. It's absolutely hilarious. Um what was the what was the one one of like the like looking back on it now that you've had uh, you know dust is settled? Is there another film on the horizon for you that you have in the can that you're thinking of doing? I definitely have nothing in the can. I would love to, um, unless you mean the toilet. Toilet's full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where you'll find tell the damn joke, Gary. <laughs> can you yeah. and Sullivan and Son, Gary. <laughs> Please, Colin, continue. Tell Steve what it's like to have, have people watch I have your other show. Things I'm working on and and, and want to get done. You know, I, I've been I kind of took like a year or two years to of less writing on the side and 
doing stand up, tried to do stand up and tried to focus on just update and getting better at it. And so I think only now can I sort of start thinking about these other things that I've always wanted to do too, in addition to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to, I want to do another film. I really enjoy the process of doing it. And of course you look back and there's like a thousand things you would do differently, but you do learn from it. And, uh, I know I, I would definitely like to, I think it's just such a cool process of going and making something that is your, your, vision and actually seeing it through that's that's a rare thing to get to do so it was cool well do you feel like you were with staten island summer with writing on snl with update and then that all happening at once do you feel like maybe you took on too much at one point and you maybe oh, got a little burnt out or something or definitely i mean it's yeah definitely i was really burnt i was like having panic attacks and like laying down on the floor and like having heart palpitation i mean it was Jesus. i i just wasn't it was a lot it was a lot to figure out and it was all new like being head writer was new being on update was brand new like doing making a movie was new i'd never made a movie i didn't know what i was doing so all of those together were it was just a lot of new things to be trying to figure out for the first time together it was it was definitely the hardest whatever it was six months or a year of my life and the most existentially terrifying <laughs> like yeah, i thought yeah. i literally thought i was going to be I was going to lose all of them and have like, and then just like go to Puerto Rico and live a hermit life for the rest of my life and, and just like never see friends and family again out of embarrassment. That was my, what I really thought. Well, what, what is it you learned coming out of it on the other side now? That they can still find you in Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> they have the internet. <laughs> turns out, turns out it's pretty close, and it's part of America. <laughs> but, but um, in, in retrospect, I mean, I can't imagine. One of those things, any one of those things would be a highlight in anybody's life. But the fact you had the burden of responsibility and also well, and you, you want to do well. you know, it, And I don't want to make it sound like a burden because it's very lucky to get to do those things. And I was very, that's part of it. Like you, you're grateful for those opportunities. So you don't want to blow it, you mm -hmm. know? So that that's the fear part of it too. You're like, oh shit, this is my one chance and I don't want to screw it up. But you, you learn, you just learn survival. I think you learn to just get through it to continue to try to, if you're put, you know, try to put the most work you can do in, focus on it, and and you can't really worry about the outside of that. It's kind of out of your hands, and it shakes out however it shakes out, and you go and move on and do the next thing, or you crawl into a hole. Either way, you're you're at least crawling. The the uh, in terms of Staten Island, that's they filmed Godfather in Staten Island years ago on Longfellow. They sure did on Longfellow Drive. That house uh, often is up for sale. Would you? Be willing to go in on it with me. I've always had the dream of buying that house and turning it into a Godfather museum. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, that's a I, good. That's a, probably a good. How much money idea. can you put in? I can put in. Five, <laughs> I can. I can lay down five hundred now. Five hundred dollars now. Cash. And then, right. yeah, oh, five hundred. Five hundred. That's it. Yeah, not five hundred grand. Right. No. 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 Not five hundred. It would be five hundred <laughs> now, and then in a few months, I could start doing like five hundred a month. Yeah. For the next. That's great. Do you have a Venmo so, account? Well, Maybe yeah, we can start getting this going. <laughs> So I was well, thinking if you're putting down, you know, if you're putting down 10 percent, right, and yeah. you've got 500 to put down, then as long as the house is only 5,000. Right, right. <laughs> then you're, you can get sweep in and get You don't even need me. Right, right. I don't even need. Do, do, is that commonly known on Staten Island that that's where it's filmed and people go by that house or do people even care? Am I just a, a godfather? I think so. I, I mean, I still go by like if I have a friend that's on Staten Island for the first time, I'll drive by and we'll show them. Like I still think it's pretty well known. It's really um, cool. It's cool because it's, it's go ahead. It's in the it's kind of like secluded too, which is cool. You have to kind of know where you're going. Yeah. It's always I every time I go to your house, Steve, I always like, oh, this is where they film Boys in the Hood. <laughs> it's just a great. L listen, let's cut down to brass tacks. Uh, 
just straight. <laughs> oh, my God, what? what once you get through the police tape. Uh, by the way, let me ask you. You've been through a lot of hosts. You've met a lot of different people, a lot of cool people, a lot of people that are probably not so nice. Who have you enjoyed working with most on SNL that just came By in? By the way, Colin, <laughs> great question, Gary. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. he's never gotten that before. <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable research. There you go. Great well, at, least stuff. I, at least I didn't write it. Groundbreaking journalism. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Go ahead. And then, where do I, and then you're going to ask, where do I see myself in five years? <laughs> <laughs> Living with Patrick uh, at the Godfather house. That's right. We're desperately trying to keep the Godfather Museum afloat. Yeah. <laughs> Answer my question, please. He's like, I just need another two hundred. Yeah, another. Maybe one appearance by James. I Conner will listen. I will switch it. My mom obviously no, no, no. is a fan of SNL. She loves Weekend Update. Oh, wanted me you're to ask blame you your question. mom. Wanted blame me to ask you a shitty question. Wanted me to ask you a quick question, Colin. If you don't mind, let me read this. <laughs> ask Colin. Oh, how much pussy he's getting. Get, and get I it. didn't, I just saw the email, and I didn't know that that's what it was. Filthy. Filthy. Filthy animal. Okay, filthy animal. That's your mom. Same question for Shay. Hey, Gary! <laughs> Jost, has, has Staten Island ever been this represented in the world of comedy right now? You had Impractical Jokers. Pete Davidson, Pete you. Pete Davidson. I'm sure there's me. a bunch of writers out of there. Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> has Staten Island ever been on this Christina map? Christina Aguilera, terms... <laughs> oh, oh. Nice. pretty funny. That's um, funny. Uh, yeah, I don't. There's got to be some others too. But yeah, um, I don't know. It is a good. I think. I think Staten Island is kind of like Brooklyn, like uh, 30 years ago, where it, like Brooklyn now is just like another Manhattan. Like no one wants to. If you grew up in Brooklyn, you're like, oh, this is the best. You know, I want to stay here. Whereas if you grew up in yeah. Staten Island, you still. You're still like, oh, there's not, I want these other things. And you have this sense of, you know, moving on or whatever that is, even though you still like your hometown, you know, it's that thing that Brooklyn had. Whereas I, so I think you'll see more and more like artists coming out of Staten Island. I think there's a bigger music scene there, obviously comedy. I feel like it's just, I don't know, in the way, the waves of immigrants, you see like this, the second or third generation, a lot of them might become comedians. Like it's the same for neighborhoods. Like I feel like Staten Island's in that area now well i i don't want to bring something up uh but but i think it's very apt it's today is september 11th you are a new yorker um and you know going back talking about your family your mother was extremely involved in in helping the firefighters uh a thank your mom for all of us but b do you want to let everybody know what it is your mom did in terms of helping out and uh, you know just kudos to her yeah yeah sure it's a crazy you know it's a crazy day now because it's you know it, it's it feels like so long ago now but it's it's kind of i don't know you, you know how quickly time goes by i mean my it's just a day now where every year i'm very grateful that my mom is alive and uh and she just texted you know she just texted me and my dad and my brother about how she you know it just feels very grateful to be here and still be in our lives and um but she was you know she was there she responded when the planes hit and she was at the base of the first tower when it fell. And, uh, and she's, she's the, you know, she's the chief medical officer for the New York city fire department. And she, and she's been that for 35 years, maybe something like that. So she, um, she responded that morning and went and was trapped there when the building collapsed. And actually a guy, a firefighter that she had just cleared back for active duty, like pushed her 
um, into like an alcove of a nearby building. And they were the, you know, building collapse, they were buried under there. Um, but, but dug out eventually were dug out of there. And she, you know, I'm very proud of, I was already very proud of her, but she stayed, um, she, you know, she didn't go home for days and she stayed and she went down to the Dwayne Reed that's down there and set up a, um, you know, a triage center and was treating people and helping people. And, and, uh, I mean, I didn't talk to her probably at least three or four days and I just, you know, got text messages from my dad. It was like early, even I feel like texting, but right. early, like got text message from my dad, like she's okay. She was buried, but then they got her out and, uh, and she, you know, she stayed there and worked for, I feel like she probably didn't sleep for about a week. Um, and I'm sure was very traumatized by it. Like all, you know, so many of her friends died around her. It was a really hard, um, it was a really hard time. And she's, you know, and then she's done so much since then of, you know, first of all, so resilient as a person to get through it and to keep working and to deal with everything there that must have been happening emotionally and psychologically, but then went out and got, you know, funding worked with, uh, worked with Hillary actually, and got a lot of funding for the fire department in New York, went down, testified at, you know, at the Senate and got wow. all this and, and has run all these different programs now, um, that she's, she's going to see through now in a whole other way of getting counseling and cancer treatment for all these people and all they went through. So it's very, uh, I think we were just very lucky on a mom level that we, that she's around, but I'm also very proud of her as a, as a New Yorker and a, someone that that was a you know really i think was a hero and did a lot of great things for uh, a lot of firefighters through the years it's amazing colin i i cannot you know thank your mom enough uh, you know after having been in new york at that time and you're just glued to the tv and seeing all those first responders go down and you know risk their lives because you just didn't know what was going on at the time but uh um thank you very much you know, not to not to end know, on a note, but we, we ended on a real comedy note. Yeah, but, yeah. but we also didn't want we don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, Steve was in Charlotte this past weekend, and I guess nine eleven was affecting your numbers for some crazy reason. <laughs> I don't know how that had anything to do with it. Yeah, but that's what they said. A preemptive. Yeah, he's the real victim. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, season forty three SNL September the thirtieth with Ryan Gosling yeah. and Jay Z. Wow, this holy is from cow. the Staten Island Wikipedia page. <laughs> well, don't you worry <laughs> where I got this, this info this, from. The end of season 42 <laughs> yeah, was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. When will you jump here. in and start working on the next season? Are you involved right now or you, you wait until a couple weeks we're in? Doing a couple, we're doing a couple days a week now um, and sort of doing some some – writing some commercial parodies and, and also figuring out some staffing and all that stuff. So it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's a, we're kind of, you kind of ease back into it and you, it's almost like school, like the first days of school where you're getting your bearings again, but then we'll be that first, it's hard to get really ahead because so much of it is topical. So, but that first week, whatever the 25th or 26th of September, we'll be there very, very full time. Can I just say this? If Alec Baldwin jumps off and doesn't want to do Trump, I have somebody sitting right across from me. That does a very good Donald Trump. Steve, can we hear a little bit of it? Gary, you can go fuck yourself. Why can't we hear a little bit of it? <laughs> that sounded like Trump. Gary wants can to. A, you telling him to fuck himself sounded Trump. He Gary, mentioned staffing. Gary, I thought you'd shift that out up. immediately. Gary wants to know what the offices are like at, at the at 30 Rock. <laughs> this is his next question. <laughs> Colin, we cannot thank you enough for taking oh, time. To be. I'm, I'm very proud to be on 101. 101. Yeah, this is 101. It, yeah. Uh, thank you for coming to the dojo. You really liked episode four, huh? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, well, okay. all right. I wish I could be on episode four. <laughs>
<laughs> Good luck on the new season. We're so happy for you. Keep killing it. Give our best to Che and everybody at, at SNL. And we're devoted fans. We will continue watching. Thank you so much, Colin. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Steve. Take care, pal. Bye, guys. Bye, guy. Colin Jost. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. The great Joe Piscopo. That was Colin Jost. Absolutely. You wouldn't want to do... Why don't you want to do TV? Why are you so against TV? Guy had mentioned staffing positions. I love that you can hear a beeping on your phone. <laughs> yeah, you know what's from called? my dad. Oh, it was? My dad was calling. Yeah. Oh, very nice. He's in Tampa and he's probably uh, drowning right now. He's like, I need help. And I'm like, sorry, I'm I to call I texted your papa. He's doing good. I you did. texted him? I did. He said they're good. They're back home. Oh, you care? Yeah, I do. I like your dad. He said I was the son he never had. <laughs> <laughs> the daughter he never had. Um... <laughs> Ladies episode number 101. That is episode 101 yeah. in the books. We are starting an all-new dojo. I think the last five have been phenomenal. Great. And we're going to continue to get even better guests. The dojo is going to get better. Yeah. Um, subscribe to the dojo. Rate, review us uh, on iTunes. Where can they find you, Gary? By the way, I saw our guest list coming up. I know you love when I cut it off, but I saw our guest list coming up for the next month. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm very excited. Yeah. At Canon Comedies, where they can find me, Steve, or blowing you for West Nyack. <laughs> That's where they can okay. find me. <laughs> Keen, where can they find you? Uh, at Citizen up. Keen. <laughs> How much pussy are you getting? That's oh, your question. From my mom. Why, why, I didn't read that shit. We have we have literally <laughs> 30 minutes to talk to somebody on SNL. And that's what she wanted to ask. I'm and, sorry. And Che, too. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm... this has been the Gentleman's Dojo. We should work on an exit. on it. Maybe uh, like, because uh, we have the Gentleman's Dojo up top. Yeah, yeah. And then you know how Cheers had that soft uh, outro? Yeah. yeah. We should go, thank you for listening to the Gentleman's Dojo. Yeah, we'll work on that. Nice soft, I wish yeah. I had some free time. I don't. <laughs> yeah. You two can work on it. I'm busy. You're too busy. Thank on you guys for listening. <laughs> <laughs>